The Way BK podcast is dedicated to pursuing and promoting a true understanding of Jesus Christ and the transformation he provides for all who submit to him to live in a way that is pleasing to God as revealed in the Bible. Let's join our hosts as they discuss The Way. Welcome back, everybody. We're continuing our series of studies in the Gospel of Mark, thinking about what it means to follow in the way of Jesus. And we've learned a lot about Jesus up until this point. It's kind of hard. I imagine a lot of you are like us. You've read the Bible before. You've, uh, you know some things about Jesus. Uh, it would be cool if you're listening to this for the first time and you've never known anything about Jesus, and this is a new journey for you, and you're learning about him. If that's the case, you read these first few chapters in the, the Gospel of Mark, the first six or so chapters that we've covered so far, and you learn a lot. He's powerful. He's compassionate. He's... Uh, uh, revealing God's truth to the world and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But the further you go with Jesus, and this is borne out in all the Gospels, but maybe especially Mark's, in, it's in some degree. Uh, the further you go with Jesus, there is more things that arise that you're like, wait, I don't, I don't understand. Why are you doing it that way? What did you mean by that? Why would you say this or do that or whatever it is? Sometimes it can be hard to really understand Jesus, just like anybody that you get to know. And the more important and the more complex and uh, significant a person is, the more challenging it can be to understand them. And certainly that's true when it comes to Jesus. For real. In fact, in, in these chapters, we've already seen a number of um, misunderstandings of Jesus, a number yeah. of places where there's controversy over, um, over what people think about Jesus, even more so in chapter 7 and 8. Yep. Yep. So we're going to primarily focus most of our attention in the second half of chapter 8 because there's a lot of pretty rich stuff. But let's try to summarize some of the stories that happen in chapter 7 and the mm. beginning part of chapter 8. Uh, I'll just kind of outline them quickly and then let's talk about them for, for a few minutes here before we look at the second half of chapter 8. The beginning of chapter 7 is, is pretty neat. Jesus is there, as he often was, in somebody's home at an uh, event when people were going to be eating. And there was a dispute about the fact that he and his disciples didn't wash their hands according to the tradition of the elders, the people there. This wasn't something God had said, do it this way. It was something that the religious people had developed. And basically the the conclusion of that discussion was Jesus saying, hey, y'all care way too much about your traditions and way too little about the word of God. Right. But I imagine for people that were really religious, really devout, who had always followed these traditions, they would have walked away and been like, this is weird. I thought Jesus wants us to love God and... This is what it means to love God. So right. why would he discourage us from doing something that's really important for loving God? I don't understand this. Yeah, and 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 especially when like these are the signs of religious people yeah. that Jesus is criticizing. I, I think, but part of the thing that Jesus is trying to help them to recognize is sometimes it's easy for us to get um, mixed up in our own human traditions, and we end up thinking that our human traditions are actually God's traditions. Yep. I think that's the issue with them, right? Um, they were mixed up because what had, what had become more important to them even than what God's traditions were, were their own traditions. And, uh, and we got to be watchful for that. Amen. And in the midst of that discussion, near the end of it, Jesus says in chapter 7 and verse 14, summoning the crowd again, he told them, listen to me, all of you, and understand. And I love that because what Jesus is saying there is, y'all don't get it, right. but you can. You can. If you listen to me, you'll understand. The very next story is Jesus interacting with a woman um, who's identified as a, as a Gentile. She's a non-Jew. She's a non-covenant member of, of God's people. Uh, and Jesus was in the region where she lived. And her daughter was very ill. And Jesus has, 
frankly, a very perplexing interaction with her. She comes and asks for healing, and Jesus basically says no, and he, he uses an analogy where he calls her a dog. Um, people make a big deal out of the fact that the type, the word for dog that he uses isn't like a nasty dog, but it's like a pet, you know, a beloved dog, which I'm always like, okay, cool. So he didn't call her like a mean dog, but he still <laughs> called her like a dog. Like, that's not great. That doesn't make me feel great. Right. But meanwhile, this woman, she says, hey, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the table. In other words, she's saying, if you help me, you're not really giving the food to somebody that doesn't deserve it. I just need the crumbs of your power. Right. And Jesus commends her. Well, it's probably why he talked to her the way he did, is knowing, probably knowing her heart and knowing what she would say. He could use this woman as an example of the kind of faith right. and perception that she had. She really understood who she was, who Jesus was, her need for him, what he could provide. She kind of gives a really good model of the kind of understanding we're all trying to follow after. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and, and also an opportunity for, for Jesus to show here that his power is not limited to the Jews. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, this is what, like, Miracle number 20 in the book of Mark. I mean, you got in the first half of this book, there's like 22 stories of miracles. Um, and, uh, and, and as you pointed out, there's a lot of people who are misunderstanding Jesus, but Jesus keeps working to show them his power yeah. and his love in the midst of it. There may be things you don't fully get yet, but you can know the evidence of his power and you can know the evidence of his love because this woman goes back home and she finds her child lying on the bed and the demons left. Yep. Yeah. The next story in chapter 7 really hits it the nail on the head with this understanding or perception issue mm. because it's somebody who really can't understand his world in a physical sense very well. He's uh, deaf and mute. And Jesus, in arguably, I don't know, it's pretty high up on the strangest ways that Jesus would heal anybody. He, uh, you know, he sticks his fingers in the man's ear. He spits. There's all kinds of strange things that happens. But then the, the phrase that Jesus uses in, in reference to, to healing this man in verse 34 says, Jesus looked up into heaven, he sighed deeply, and he said to him, Ephaphtha, that is, be opened. And I love that notion. If we're going to ever listen and understand, if we're ever going to, like that woman in the last story we referenced, learn to understand Jesus, we have to be opened. We have to open ourselves up or else we're never really going to understand what Jesus is teaching or what he's doing or anything like that. And Jesus opens up his ears as a, as kind of a, you know, with all of Jesus' miracles, in some ways they're, they're signs that kind of point us to spiritual truths and mm-hmm. understanding. Really, really, what Jesus had just said to his disciples a few verses back was, are you so lacking in understanding also? I think this story is a reminder that Jesus can open our ears and and let us understand. If we'll come to him in faith and we'll, and we'll humble ourselves before him, he can open us up so that we can actually understand the word and the will of God. Right, right. And we're kind of getting close to the passage we're going to start reading in. But the beginning of chapter 8, Jesus kind of punches his disciples in the face with this notion that they really weren't coming to a good understanding of him. Right. So we have a second, uh, at least second recorded feeding of thousands. Mass feeding, yeah. Right. And uh, and at the end, it's very, very similar, almost beat for beat what happened in chapter 6 with... Right. Uh, you know, a need arising, and they get bread and fish from somebody there, and then they distribute right. it, and so on and so forth. And there's a lot left over. Right. So very similar. I mean, there's some differences, but very similar story. After that, they get in the boat to go, and Jesus uh, exhorts his disciples um, because the the Pharisees had gotten in an argument with him about signs, about. Um, how they thought they would understand the world or how he should make them understand the world. And in verse 15, he says to his disciples after they'd gotten in the boat after this feeding, watch out, 
beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And the text says that they were discussing among themselves, oh no, he's upset that we didn't right. have any bread. Right. But then he asked our question, really, the question. In verse 17, he says, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Don't you understand or comprehend? Do you have hardened hearts? Do you have eyes and not see? Do you have ears and not hear? And do you not remember? And he goes through all that he did with them and reminds them of the, the miracles of the feedings. And then he comes back to his question, verse 21, and he said to them, do you not yet understand? Right. All these stories Jesus is building this, um, and Mark in collecting these stories like this, is building for us a, a keen awareness that we, we have to learn to understand. That's what Jesus wants yeah. for us. It's not something we automatically do, but it is something we can attain to. And I think that's a really tough thing. Either most of us think, oh, I understand everything. I don't need to learn anything more. I understand perfectly. Or we think understanding is not possible at all. Right. Jesus here says, no, y'all don't yet understand yet, uh, but you can if you listen to me and come to understand. Well, and I think that's the thing. The, the interesting thing about this story is the disciples get in trouble for taking Jesus literally. Like they t he, they're trying to understand it. Yeah. Like they're they're literally like taking what he said literally, and they get in trouble because Jesus isn't speaking literally. Um, it, but actually, that's part of the issue. Is like you know, the Pharisees are over here seeking a sign. Well, wait a second. Jesus has already given you twenty two signs. Like I mean, you've seen sign after sign after sign. And I think the point is you got to watch out for that hardness of heart, mm -hmm. that 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 um, that leavening influence that can spread where there's this stubbornness to refuse to see what God is trying to show you. Um, and so th that, that hindrance, that hindrance um, that, that's going to keep you from seeing what God actually wants to show you is actually what Jesus is trying to help the disciples uh, overcome. And, uh, and each of these stories is kind of, he's revealing more and more of their misunderstandings so that he can actually reveal to them who he truly is. Yep. I think this is so relevant. Whether it comes to what it means to be a human being, Jesus would say to us, do y'all not understand what that is? And there's right. a lot of ways you could think about that in our, in our day and time where we just don't understand what it really means to be a human being and to bear God's image or just to be people, right? Uh, how to conduct ourselves in relationships. Jesus could say to us, do you not yet understand? Do y'all not understand what you're supposed to do? I've taught you on this. Uh, when it comes to how churches are supposed to function, do you not yet understand? When it comes to dealing with anxieties that we have about world events or our mm -hmm. bank accounts, or whatever, do you not yet understand? Jesus could keep coming back to us and in many ways is coming back to us, continue this question, do you not understand? Don't you get it? Do you understand what I'm trying to teach you and tell you about how to operate in this world, how to think about me, how to think about God, how to think about yourselves and how you're supposed to conduct yourself? This has got to be a constant, um, it's a constant challenge for us. It is. It is. And that's why we need Jesus. We need to see him more clearly. And what Jesus is going to do in these next few stories is really open the eyes of his disciples to help them see him more clearly. And I think that's a great comfort. He doesn't leave us in our misunderstanding and right. our ignorance. He wants to say, let me read about it and then uh, let's talk about it. Uh, this, this story, which is, will kick off really kind of the solution to this. Um, Mark chapter 8, verse 22. It says, they came to Bethsaida. They brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he, as Jesus, took the blind man by the hand and brought him out of the village. Spitting on his eyes and laying his hands on him, he said to him, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking. Again, Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes. The man looked intently and his sight was restored. 
He saw everything clearly. Then he sent him home, saying, don't even go into the village. Yo, this is strange, first of yeah. all. This is the first time we've seen Jesus do a miracle, and it's almost like he, he struck out, or he swung and missed, right, or, right, or like, right. maybe he didn't miss, but it's like a foul ball. Didn't like, work. You know, didn't he, work. Try he, again. He didn't hit a home run on this one. Yeah. Like, you know. And that's strange. Like, all right, so is Jesus like, is this like his magic power didn't work? Like, it, it, he, he's lost his touch? Um, or is there something else going on here? Which it seems like, well, number one, Jesus raised people from the dead, first shot. Right. Jesus walked on water, right. first shot. Right. I don't think there's any reason to think that Jesus actually was, was lacking in power this day or maybe even that this man was lacking in faith or something like that. Agreed. But this, story, this miracle, as you said a minute ago, all the miracles really were teaching, uh, teaching messages. Right. I like somebody said one time, the teachings of Jesus are miracles, right. and the miracles of Jesus are teachings. Amen. And that's, that's right, right? Um, his teachings was unlike anything anybody ever heard, and his miracles taught things that people would have never known otherwise. That's right. And it seems to me this fits in with this notion of the understanding. All right, so uh, he's already used the idea of seeing in verse 18 of, as kind of an image for thinking about your understanding, your perception. Do you not yet understand? Do you not yet see this clearly? So he heals this man in stages to show what I think every disciple goes through. Mm. And that is, first you're blind, but you come to Jesus. You say, I want to see. I want to see. And then he touches you. You know, you hear the gospel. You start learning some stuff. You start following after Jesus, and you start seeing some things. You're not blind anymore. Right. But you also don't see everything correctly. Right, right, right. You know, like you're starting to see some stuff, and you can kind of make out shapes and movement and all that kind of deal, but you're still working on it. And there's this second touch, and I would argue like third and 300th and 5,000th right. touches that we That's all right. need every day to be able to see more and more clearly, right. even after we've started to see. Uh, by the way, if you're listening, you're like, I don't know if that makes sense. I think the next stories kind of help support this notion, but I think right. that's what we're seeing here is Jesus is showing the disciples, all right, y'all, you do not see. Y'all are blind, Right. but I'm not done with you. Let's keep working on it so you can see a little more clearly. Well, and that's the thing, like, right? They're not, they're not completely blind anymore. Right. Like they see like trees. You know, they, they, they can see some things, but they don't really see Jesus as he truly is yet. And I, I think this is really good. What you said is, is really important. Every disciple goes through this, you know. Um, Always. It, it is not, I wish that Jesus, when he came into our lives, would just touch us and, man, we just see the spiritual realm clearly. We see everything about life differently, everything. This is not the way it works. God has created us and, and put us here in a way in which life is a journey mm -hmm. and discipleship is a journey. It, yes. it, it, it's, yes. it's a journey upon which we start out blind and we come to the master and we say, hey, open my eyes so that I may see. And little by little, as we follow him, we begin to see more and more and more. It's not always pretty either. Um, the things that we see reveal things about us that need to change, that, yep. that we need to repent of. And sometimes that's hard. I was talking with somebody this week who, uh, who was struggling with this. They um, were saying, you know, if what I'm seeing in Scripture is really true, then what does that mean for for my past and what I've right. been doing. You know, I thought I was already, you know, serving God and being a disciple. And now, like, what does this mean? Um, but, uh, but one of the things I said was, no, that's just the way it is. Like, every day we're learning new things. And we're going to mm -hmm. say, hey, wow, I didn't know that being a disciple meant this or, or that, I, that, that Jesus was this way or that actually this meant for me to I need to respond in this way. Um, it's a lifelong journey of those second touches yep. that Jesus is putting on us to, to help us see more clearly. Yep, yep. 
And fundamentally, the thing we have to understand most and we need to uh, see most clearly is the Lord himself. Amen. And this is because Jesus is the originator of all life. Read Colossians 1, Hebrews 1, John 1, other passages like that. So he's where human beings come from. Right. He's the one who uh, we need to understand so that we can listen to him and follow in his way. Uh, He's the one who reshapes us and remakes us. So the most important um, clarity we need to have of understanding is the true nature of Jesus. That's right. Which I think is why the very next story addresses just that. Right. Verse 27, it says, Jesus went out with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the road, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? Mm. And they answered, John the Baptist, uh, others, Elijah, still others, one of the prophets. In other words, people looked at Jesus, they're like, okay, he must be a reincarnation of, to use our language, I don't know if they would use reincarnation, but second coming of Elijah, mm-hmm. of John the Baptist back from the dead, whatever. But then Jesus asked the really important question. Well, maybe we should pause here. People think lots of different things about Jesus. People have lots of different understandings of Jesus, misunderstandings of Jesus. Right. Even today. Right. And, and, and you know, sometimes I think what can happen to us is we end up being more influenced by what other people think mm-hmm. about Jesus. It keeps us, it keeps us, you know, we're good at studying what everybody else thinks about Jesus um, rather than coming to our own conclusions. And I think that's what Jesus is going to press on the disciples here really doesn't matter what other people think as it relates to you. The question is, who do you think that I am? There you go. And that question, Peter saw. Clearly, it seems like. He answers in verse 30, uh, verse 29, Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. You are the Christ. Uh, There's more detail about this in Matthew chapter 16 where Jesus really goes above and beyond to commend Peter. Nice job. You didn't get this from men. You got this from God. This is right. This is the foundation of my whole people. The church is coming from this uh, idea of who I really am. So Peter just You understand. Exactly. You see. You see. You see. Right. Right. Now we should say, uh, interesting thing here, this miracle we just talked about, the, the healing in two stages, uh, unless I'm forgetting, it's only in Mark's gospel. It's That's not right. in the other gospels. That's right. And it's interesting that you hear in Mark's gospel, there's not this huge commendation of Peter. There's mm-hmm. just the Peter got the right answer. He could see. But the next piece of the conversation shows that all he could see was like that blind man in the first stage. He could see Jesus like a tree walking around, but he couldn't really see all the contours, all the details, all the true understanding of who Jesus was. Because right after this, verse 31 says that Jesus began to teach them that it was necessary for the Son of Man to suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed and rise after three days. Mm. So Jesus' identity, they got that. And Jesus said, okay, now let me explain to you some stuff about my purpose, my mission, my vocation, what I'm going to do, and how I'm going to go about accomplishing uh, and fulfilling my identity as the Messiah. Right. And we should say, all of this went against every sensibility that the people of Jesus' day had about who the Messiah was, right? right? What does it mean to be the Messiah? It's not to be rejected, it's to rule. It's not to be killed, it's to, to dominate and to, to serve and to build up people. That's the way Jesus describes what it would mean for him to be the Messiah, opposite right. of their understanding of the way they saw things at that time. Well, and I think that's why this is so hard for Peter. I'm thinking, what's Peter's response to this going to be? And it ain't pretty, you know. Um, He begins to rebuke Jesus. But isn't that, like, isn't that the issue? Um, I think Peter really exposes all of us here. um, Yeah. Because 
It's one thing to say, Jesus, you are the Christ. It's one thing to say, Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe in you. I, you are the one. You are the Messiah. You're the one who can save. You're the one who can rescue me from my sins. It's a totally, it's a totally entirely different thing to say, okay, you are the king of my life, and you are going to determine the way life is going mm -hmm. to be. Um, see, I, I, think, I think Peter has no issue with Jesus being king here as long as Jesus is going to be the kind of king, the kind of Christ yeah. that he wants him to be. Yeah. You know? And isn't that the way we are? I have my way of seeing things. Right. Right. And that's how I want it to go. Yes. I, got, I, I see you, Jesus, but what Peter didn't realize yet is he only saw Jesus like a tree walking around. Right. Fuzzy, like that man who was healed initially. Jesus, verse 33, turns around and uh, looks at his disciples. And that's an interesting note. In other words, this is a message not really for Peter. It is for Peter. But it's really for all the disciples. Mm -hmm. And he says, get behind me, Satan, or my adversary. Uh, you are not thinking about God's things, but about human things. Mm. Peter's problem was his understanding was filtered through his human perspective, his human understanding, his human vision. And he wasn't seeing through God's eyes. He wasn't right. thinking God's thoughts after God. Peter wanted God to think Peter's thoughts right. after Peter. Right. And like you said, that's exactly what we run into. And this goes to who Jesus is. That goes. This goes to religious practices and the nature of, of church and what that's supposed to look like. Yeah. This goes to how we treat our family members. This goes right. to how we deal with um, somebody who mistreats me on the job. Am I going to be vengeful or am I going to be forgiving? Well, a lot of us, we want to see it our way. Right. And we think, because I've read the Bible a few times and I know some stuff about whatever, justice or something, therefore I can be vengeful. Well, no. Right. Jesus says, let me touch you again. Let me make you see this more clearly. Right. Because you're not really setting your mind on God's things. Back to that statement in chapter 7 when that whole yes. discussion about traditions, Jesus says, listen and you'll understand. Right. Listen to me and understand. And that's the key. Which chapter 7 really was, an ex was the Pharisees getting exposed. Because they were more interested in their own will, their own traditions, yep. than God's traditions and God's will. And, and, and so again, I think Peter and the Pharisees there and then Peter here are really exposing us. Because isn't it true that our problem is not often, and probably if you're listening to this podcast, your problem is not that you don't think Jesus is cool or that you're not interested right. in Jesus or you're not interested that you don't believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Maybe if you're in that situation, I hope you'll reach out to us and we'll talk. But, um, but probably, my guess is most of our listeners, um, our issue is not believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. The issue is, will we let Jesus determine right. the kind of Christ he's going to be and the kind of king he's going to be and what he demands from us yeah. as his followers? Or are we going to insist that we're going to be the kind of disciple that we want to be? That we're going to have the kind, that Jesus is going to be the kind of king to us? And what we end up doing is we end up creating our own God. We end up saying, you know, oh, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King. But it's very interesting. It, it, it's very easy for us to kind of fall into uh, idolatry, where we've created Jesus in our own image, mm -hmm. rather than allowing Jesus to remake us into His own image. Yep. Yep. And this theme we've been tracking here of, of understanding on the surface it really seems like that's an intellectual thing mm. do you know you understand don't you understand this is something you need to think about right. and there is a lot of intellect right. that, I mean you do have to actually listen to Jesus process what he says compare it you know right. you gotta there is an intellect piece to it 
But one thing that really strikes me that I think leads into what Jesus is going to continue to say, whenever he challenged the disciples after the feeding of the 4,000, in chapter 8 and verse 17, he said, Don't you understand or comprehend? Do you have hardened hearts? Mm. In other words, this is more than just an intellectual exercise of can I add up the, the math correctly and come to the correct answer. There's an attitude piece to this. There's a am I willing to be opened like that man was opened with the with the deaf ears? Am That's I right. like that woman who's coming to Jesus in full humility? That's hey, right. call me a dog, whatever. I'm just looking for crumbs here. That's right. how powerful you are and how needy I am. Right. There's a heart piece to this. And you made the comment earlier that that this coming to understand, coming to see Jesus is a, I think you use the word journey. It's mm-hmm. a path. It's something that we're continually doing. Really, that comes out, verse 34, calling the crowds along with his disciples, Mark chapter 8, verse 34, he said to them, if anyone wants to follow after me, this person I just described, the Messiah who's going to suffer, all that stuff, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Right. Which that notion of following him implies going with him, journeying. We're even, this series we're on is following in the way of Jesus. That's if right. you want to understand Jesus, it's not like you start at the beginning of the path, you, you study really hard all the details, you take the test, you pass the test. Okay, now you can go on the path. Actually, the going on the path is really critical to the learning. That's what discipleship That's right. is. That's what following Jesus is all about. It's not you've learned everything and now you follow perfectly. It's you learn enough to start following. And then as you follow, you learn some stuff that you didn't understand. And then he teaches you as you're going. And then you learn better. And then you keep going. And then you learn better. And you keep going and keep going. But all of it has to be with this heart and disposition that says, I need to understand better, Lord. I need to know better. I need to be taught better so that I'll grow and become what I need to. Yeah, and and, and really, I mean, that's the thing, right? Peter Peter was interested in following Jesus as long as it was kind of on his terms. And the journey, the the path that... Peter wanted Jesus to lead him on, sure. you know, and uh, and that's the way we are too, right? Um, I think it's important for us to examine ourselves and say, hey, is it really Christ that I'm interested in, or is it a particular path to yeah. Christ? Yeah. Is it like a, a, spa, a certain journey? Do I, am I wanting Jesus to take me this place or, or to lead me in this way, or to make sure it doesn't cost me this much, you know, let, let me just enjoy. And what Jesus is saying here is, hey, this is the path I'm taking. Yep. It's a path to the cross. And actually, if you want to follow me, you're coming with me. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of what John will say later um, in his first letter in chapter 2 and verse uh, 5. Uh, Whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know we're in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. That's what Jesus is saying here. Yeah. Like, hey, if you want to be with me, if you really want to follow in the way of Jesus... I'm not just looking for people who say, yeah, who can answer their question the right way and say, yeah, I'm, I'm Jesus, the Son of God. I'm the right. Christ. I'm looking for people who are willing to live like me, who are willing to become like me, who are willing to, 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 to take their sandals, put them on, and follow me where I go and live the way I live and sacrifice the way I sacrifice. And that's kind of the essence of understanding anybody. That's right. You know? That's right. you got to kind of walk with them, learn something about them, uh, maybe even try to do some of the things they do. That's, right. That's how you really come to truly understand someone. Jesus says, this understanding me and my will and my nature, this is what it's all about. If you yeah. want to be saved, this is what it takes. Uh, and so while it may seem a little daunting, boy, that's a lot. Mm. It's going to cost me a lot. Right. I think that 
is part of why Peter was so resistant to the right. notion that, That's right. whoa, 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 if you're the Messiah, you can't be rejected and die. Because Peter knew mm-hmm. if we're following that Messiah, then we'll be rejected what's and we'll that, die. What's that mean for me? Yeah, Exactly. And so Jesus said, listen, man, whatever the cost is, don't be worrying about that. Right. You need to understand. Right. Because what I came to do is show you the way to life eternal. He says that in verse 35. For whoever wants to save his life, if you try to preserve your life with your own misunderstandings and your own way of seeing things, you can do that, right. Jesus says. But you'll lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me and the gospel, whoever really understands what this is all about, will save it. Yeah. For what does it benefit someone to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul or his life? What can anyone give in exchange for his life? And that's the challenge to us. While we think, man, the prospect of learning to understand Jesus is challenging. Mm. The way that Jesus teaches us is not very pleasant. Right. The miracles we talked about, there was spitting involved. Right. Uh, Jesus purposely challenged the pretty innocuous tradition. Why did you have to make a big deal about the hand-washing thing, Jesus? Why couldn't you just get along with that? Well, I need you to understand something here, Jesus is going to say. The woman that he called a dog, this was none of the stuff Jesus is doing is very nice here right? at all. And all that, I think, is an indicator of, hey, you know what? A lot of times learning to understand Jesus is not very nice or pleasant, but it is life-saving and life-changing. And so Jesus says, come follow me, deny yourself, give up your way of thinking, your way of seeing the world, and adopt my way of thinking and my way of seeing the world so that you can truly understand and so that you can find life eternal. Well, and isn't that the, the real test of whether or not I understand Jesus or not, whether or not I know Jesus or not, whether or not I'm following in the way of Jesus or not, is this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a question of, you know, you know, me and Jesus, we agree on some things. You know, we're on the same page. You know, th- truthfully, um, th- there's, there's not many people in this world who don't agree with Jesus on some things. You right. know? Um, but the real test of whether or not I'm a disciple of Jesus is when we disagree, will I submit to him and choose to follow in his way and to say, hey, this don't make no sense to me, but I'm still, I'm, you're the king, you're the Christ, and I'm, follow, I'm following you. Yeah. Uh, or are we going to be disciples gone rogue? You know, we just we doing our own thing out there. We we may say we we following Jesus, but truthfully, we ain't following Jesus. We ain't following nobody but us. Yep. And, and ultimately, this is the real test. If I really understand Jesus, then I'm learning to want the things that Jesus wants, to live the way that Jesus lives, and to follow in His footsteps. Amen. If we can help you out with this stuff, if you want to learn more about Jesus so you can understand Him, if you want some help figuring out how to go about even what you already understand so you can see him more clearly and serve him more faithfully. Let us know we can help. We hope this conversation has helped you. It's helping us. We're working on this stuff every day. We pray that you're doing the same. Thanks for joining us always, and uh, we'll catch you next time. God bless. The aim of The Way BK is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ across Brooklyn and beyond. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.thewaybk.com.